0: Good evening everyone. Let's continue with our exploration of Siddharameshwar Maharaj's teachings. This passage is on the Eyes of Duality. If you are good, the world is good. In other words, the world appears according to your viewpoint, your concept. Only the one who sees that this world is Brahman is himself Brahman. This world reveals its reality only to the nyani, while it shows all of its various forms to the ignorant. In fact, the person who is ignorant has two eyes, so they show duality. This world is called dunya, which means Two one who is ignorant will see only duality. Ignorance is born of two. The son of the Guru was given one eye, and both of the former eyes, the eyes that see duality, were taken away. This is because what they show is false. As the dual eyes are false, The world that is seen by these eyes is also false. The disciple of the Sadguru was given one eye and it is only one eye. As it is only this one eye, it sees only one without a second. The veil of duality was removed, the veil of illusion was torn, the sense of unity arose and all division was gone. Before, you were deceived, now that deception is finished, along with the sense of separateness, the unity is proved. The five elements are gone, the planets are gone, and the preachers of delusion are stripped of their preaching. A single planetary combination, the Oneness of Knowledge, is in the destiny of all, isn't that so reassuring and so beautifully expressed? To maintain firmness in solitude is to be always in the privacy of our own being. This is called solitude, being one, alone. That which does not get disturbed is aloneness. Rameshji used to also very often make this distinction between loneliness and aloneness, you see. And they are quite different because aloneness does not need a crutch of something to depend upon. In that sense, as Siddharameshwar Maharaj says, that is called solitude, being one alone, whereas loneliness, one feels lonely because something is missing from one's life. So perhaps in a later podcast, we will go deeper into this difference between aloneness and loneliness, because quite often, There are people who I have seen are comfortable being alone, and they are not lonely. But the collective conditioning around being alone is so strong that it is mistaken for loneliness, and this can create a lot of confusion. So we will explore this another time. The power of knowledge is increased in the man whose faith in the service of the Guru increases. I'm going to repeat this one. The power of knowledge is increased in the man whose faith in the service to the Guru increases. You see, the reason is, uh, we don't have to look at this only literally. The reason is because faith in the Guru, and service in the Guru, and faith in the service of the Guru are all nothing but placing one's attention on Consciousness. The Guru represents that, the Guru is the form. So therefore, in many traditions, you see, uh, different kinds of spiritual traditions, especially in India, Seva was a very important part of the guru disciple relationship. Selfless service, that's what seva means. In many ashrams, like the big ones, for example, you find so many volunteers, you know, giving their time freely. Why? Because their lives have been impacted. Now, they cannot, in return, give the guru their spiritual knowledge. So giving their time, giving their selfless service, is rendered by them. Now, some may not be able to do Seva for various reasons. They may not be able to travel, they may not be able to have the physical means to do it, and such devotees are in service to the Guru. Perhaps they give Dakshana, donations, if required that is, and that is how they help. But fundamentally, what has happened is the focal point has become consciousness, attention gets placed there, and in this case, at the service of the Guru. Traditionally, the Guru's needs used to be met because, you know, in like the rural ashrams and all, they were very simple people living in simple tenements and so on. So the disciples used to Physically take care also of the guru's needs, not only just materially, physically be around him and all that. That is how this whole system got developed. But the as Siddharameshwarji said, the power of knowledge is increased. That is purely because, as he said earlier, whatever you focus on, you become. That is the main point, and you know this is like a rahasya, a secret which is missed quite often, but this whole structure of Seva is actually built to enhance the spiritual evolution of the devotee. It may appear that he is doing all good things for the Guru and service to the Guru, etc. but actually, you can say it fastens things, hastens the process, focuses, brings concentration upon, and that is what happens. So, it's a very important line here which has been expressed. And uh, you know, considering Siddharameshwarji ji belonged to a different time, the emphasis might have been stronger on this aspect of the bond because he goes on to say. The devotion to the Guru and his blessings are the glory of knowledge. The devotion to the Guru and his blessings are the glory of knowledge. One who attains knowledge and gains experience and yet does not do devotion is unlucky and (laughs) lazy unlucky and lazy and unsuccessful, however great a man may be, he is not greater than his Guru, nor richer than his Guru." Of course Maharaj here is not referring to material wealth, so we have to look at this in its entire context. In fact, now see what he says here, one must give due respect even to the breeze that comes from the hometown of the Guru. Even the dog of a great man is given respect by all. Similarly, the pet dogs of the Guru's house must be honored. You see, this may sound to some people quite frivolous, but if the Guru is a representation of Consciousness and of form taken by Consciousness, embodied Consciousness, then everything connected to the Guru becomes sacred. Now the example of... you know when some people would bring food for Ramana Maharshi, exquisite food, he refused to eat it, he said, if you're bringing this to me, then you have to bring it for everyone here. Then only I'll eat it. He didn't like that exclusivity because he considered those around him as not separate. Now, what is Siddharameshwan Maharaj saying here when he talks about the breeze from the Guru's house, the dog in the Guru's house? Would it make sense that now, if you enter your Guru's house, let's say he's in an urban apartment in Mumbai, has a dog, you know, and you kind of hate dogs, or kick the dog, or whatever, abuse the dog, anything. It would just not make sense, because you see, first of all, then the teaching is not being lived. That is also what Siddharameshwar Maharaj is saying, that you would respect, you would have a sense of uh, respect and awe for everything, not in fact just what is in the Guru's proximity, but even more so. And that is what he is pointing to, you see, because the Guru is ever-watchful, he notices things. I remember my mother's Guru, Justice Dudat, we used to go for his weekly group meditations, and he had a dog. And believe you me, I think the Guru was very aware of how people were interacting, not just with the dog, but with the household help, you know, who would come and serve tea and bring out the snacks. And then, of course, the Guru was aware of how they were interacting with each other and so on, because that is when things get noticed. So, it's quite an important pointer here, especially for those who have a Guru in their lives take notice of such aspects as well, because then you are holistically living the teaching. That is very important. And after all, then this extends to everyone you deal with, not just those connected with the Guru. We'll end here for this evening.